Is the NFL being one big hypocrite by suspending Kelvin Ridley for a year? I mean, we saw it. We as fans, we saw it all season. NFL gets in bed with five sports gambling companies. And in the first year of it, we saw numerous plays and flags and just unexplainable events during the fourth quarter of football games. Like A.J. Green, an all-time receiver, forgot to just play a simple play on the goal line down the stretch. He got a, a ref hip-checking a Bears player against Pittsburgh and then and penalizes him for it. Uh, and then they covered it up with an excuse that, oh, he looked at the bench. Hell, even week one, Delvin Cook is clearly down in Cincinnati's territory. They reviewed it. They paused the review on TV, circle his ass on the ground, and they still give the Bengals the ball. My point being, we saw it all year where weird shit happened that either affected the direct outcome of the game or the spread of the game. And by spread, I mean, say the Vikings were three and a half point favorites at Cincinnati, I believe. Well, if the if 80% of people bet on the Vikings, obviously they're going to need something to happen so that Cincinnati covers something like that. So that they're closer than that three and a half point spread. So is it hypocrisy or stupidity? Because Kelvin Ridley, are you serious? Like you're a professional athlete entering your prime and you thought it would be okay to bet money, not only bet money, but you bet money on your own team. So today I'm joined by fan of the show, Adam. Adam, first off, thanks for taking time to join. But what is your take on all this? Because I think I think it's a little hypocritical to suspend a guy for an entire season. So I think that's too harsh of a punishment. But I think it's also completely stupid by Kelvin Ridley. Yeah, I agree with you, but... If Kellen really is going to bet on Atlanta Falcons and his own team, he should be suspended two years. Who in the right mind would want to bet on the Atlanta Falcons? But, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the NFL is, is a big corporation. Everybody thinks that, uh, you know, these these scenarios and plays have something to do with the spread or the line or gambling. That's because everybody that's watching the NFL is gambling on it. I mean, we're at a, we're at a percentage. It's got to be 80 to, to 90% of the people that watch NFL games, A, are either gambling on the game, some legally, some illegally, and the other are just fantasy football, which is gambling altogether. But Kelvin Ridley knows the rules. This is not something new. It's been talked about for for decades. Uh, players and uh, teams and and uh, people that want to bet on the games. Uh, Pete Rose's example. There was a kid that went to Arizona State a couple of years ago that was a whole uh, involved in a whole scandal. Yep, in the nineties. Uh, yeah, that was on a Netflix series, actually, if anybody gets a chance to watch it. I believe it was Netflix. Uh, it's about an yeah. Arizona player who got caught. Um, yep, fixing, games, fixing but, the, yep, yep. Yep, and, and the rules are the rules. I mean, if, if we start bending the rules, and everybody, are we going to bend the rules for people that abuse women in the NFL? Or are we going to bend the rules for people that, that kill people in cars in the NFL? We don't. We don't bend the rules for those, so we shouldn't bend the rules for gambling. Right. I agree. Well, so any professional sports players, it's part of like, um, I don't know if CBA is like all sports, but I know that when I was listening to the radio the other day on ESPN, they were saying you sign one of the first things you sign when you sign a, a, a professional sports contract is with the CBA saying you cannot gamble. You are not allowed to gamble. The NFL, in my opinion, they don't want anyone else doing what they do best, taking others yeah. money. I mean, I'm not sure if you heard some of the early episodes, but here's the big problem I have. 
The NFL hops in bed, like I said, with these major gambling companies. It was five this year that they signed contracts with. Business-wise, makes total sense. Get ahead of the game. Sports gambling is becoming legal in more and more states. So get ahead of it. I, I totally get it. But to me, and I get what you're saying. Yeah, it, it does become more obvious when you when you have money on the line. You're like, oh, why would that play happen? But this year, more than any, it was super suspicious things that happened weekly. And for the NFL, it's in your sport. It's moving lines and affecting outcomes. And it just visibly looked bad because so many of the scenarios are not explainable. How can how can you like like the Vikings one pisses me off, for instance, because you have every angle, you have access to every angle, and you have guys now sitting in New York. They literally freeze framed it on the TV and circled his butt on the ground. And a ref saw that and came out and said, Nope. How can you sit here and not only suspend a player for a full season? which me and you can disagree with, that's fine. I, I think that's a little harsh. Not only that, but he has to apply to be reinstated. But yet, if he would have beat his wife, his kid, or a random guy up at the club, he'd have got two to six games with a $10,000 fine, $20,000 fine. He'd have been back. Want to know why, in my opinion? The NFL doesn't want stars missing games because they lose ratings and money. Perfect example was last season with COVID. As the season got near the end, daily changing the protocols for quarterbacks. I think it was Dak Prescott. They totally changed everything when he went down with COVID late in the season and other star players. And do we also think it was a coincidence that they lifted almost all protocols heading into the playoffs? The NFL was not going to let key players miss playoff games while being healthy for a negative test or a positive test for, for COVID. Kelvin Ridley is a good name. He's not a star. So in my opinion, this was easy for the NFL to set a very hard line saying, hey, this is not going to be allowed. But I would say, let this let this be Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Derrick Henry, uh, Julio Jones. You think you, Do you think they're going to get a year suspension? Because I really don't. I, I totally agree with you on that. It, 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 they're just making Ridley out to be uh, the, the whipping boy for any, any future deal. And a year is harsh. And you, you bet your ass Aaron Rodgers or any of the big stars Mahomes would have just got a slap on the wrist and a two-game suspension and a, a slight fine. And, and and he was only betting $1,500. It's wrong, it's wrong. You shouldn't bet a dollar or $2 million on your team, especially your own team. Christ's sakes, Redley, bet on somebody that's going to win and cover the spread for you. I don't even but, get that. Yeah, I agree. Betting your own team, that's just – you're just asking to be – yeah, I don't fucking get that. <laughs> yeah, so – uh, but uh, as far as the NFL being in bed with uh, gambling companies, I mean, conspiracies like that have been talked about for 20 years. I've been around sports betting and stuff, and it, it just find it ironic at times that things happen. And that's just the nature of the game, whether you bet on it or not. This things, oddball things happen. And I mean, that, hell, that's why they went to instant replay with some of the stuff. It was because of, you know, because of the gambling. Uh, Ten years ago, they went to like more of the instant replay and going up to the booth and getting challenges and all that. We didn't have that 15 years ago, but guys were still betting on the games 15 years ago. So some of the quirky plays do happen, and everybody says it's relevant to gambling. Is it really, or is it not really? Are we looking, you know, 15 years ago, the Delvin Cook thing, they would have never went upstairs. They would have called them down. We would have moved forward. Or they were they, they or fumble, yeah, down. whatever. Yeah, so we're in an era where they're, they're fine-tuning the game because – the NFL 
is in bed with sports gambling and everything. What I'm hearing in Las Vegas, which I just got back from a couple weeks ago, is the NFL wants to put sports betting machines in all of the major, all the teams' um, stadiums. So that means every state that those stadiums in have to have legalized gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, a way to grab an extra hundred bucks from a fan, it already cost you 150 to go. Beers are fifteen dollars. You know, parking's fifty dollars, and now they want to get two or three more hundred dollars out of you by betting, having you be able to walk up to a machine, place a wager on a game, and uh, they're going to get you again. Oh, absolutely. But, and that's why the next thing I was just going to say, NFL cares about one thing, money. Money. And, and I will say, I'll change it to two things, money and image. They do the littlest amount of shit to cover their ass to make them look good, if that makes sense. Like, they've always done it. So the one thing, back to what you were saying about replay, doesn't that make it more suspicious, though, to you now, though? Because now you have... You have cameras in the fucking pylon in the corner of the end zone that are so fucking clear. It's a better picture from that camera than the 2005 Super Bowl. And so to me, that that kind of like makes it worse, in my opinion, because, okay, we have we have a we have way more views. We got cameras everywhere and we have B. We have way more eyes. We have guys sitting in New York whose job is to watch a game review plays from all different angles and but we're seeing them still get it wrong so doesn't that kind of work against what you were saying like 15 years ago you didn't have instant replay but now you do and they're still getting it wrong in key spots i yeah it, it makes you wonder it really does not to interrupt you there but it makes no you you're wonder. good but uh you know um those key quirky things were also happening 15 years ago. I mean, I don't, I can't think of any examples. I wish I could. Um, I know I lost money betting on games 15, 20 years ago with, I wish we would have had instant replay. And I truly believe that instant replay and some of these, the more cameras have come around because of Las Vegas and gambling and the sports betting industry. So, yeah. So like to me too, it goes back to like the first thing that I can remember people complaining about. Now I was young, but I remember people were pissed about the Brady and Raiders AFC championship, right? Was that yeah. the, the was, tuck was rule? Was the ball forward or not? Did he release? Was the forward pass or a fumble? Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder how many people lost money because of that. Like, I don't know. It's just to me. So, and they didn't, Correct me if I'm wrong. They didn't have instant replay, right? Or did they replay that play? I don't think it was a, a replayable play back then, if I'm correct. I think they had it in... Um, what they called on the a, field stuck? Yeah, what they called on the field, because the announcers went on after that. If we if they were able to go to the booth or challenge that, and at that, I believe that that play actually made the NFL rethink how they want to look at replays and, it, and then it kind of went forward and grew from there. I, I'm, I believe, but don't quote me on that. Right. Right. No, I, no, you're, you're right though on that. I remember reading articles and shit like you could. Um, so I had this weird phase in high school where I'd go rewatch all these Super Bowls, and then I'd read all the headlines and obviously the, the Patriots uh, went on to win the Super Bowl that year, but the entire article that I read was it was like an old one from um, what was like a early two thousand super popular newspaper? They ended up selling out. Sporting news. Yeah, Sporting news. I think they sold out to Sports Illustrated or something like that. 
But this article was online and it didn't even talk about the Super Bowl. All it talked about was how they got there and the questionable and blah, blah, blah. And, and it definitely got like major attention to change the replay to get them going like in that direction. And and you see different rules created every year after major stars go down. Uh, when Brady broke his collarbone too, that was, you know, how many rules change after hitting the quarterback, then Rogers broke his collarbone and how many rules. So like to sports betting though, like when you have plays like that, where, Oh, was that a fumble? Was that a pass? It's kind of like year by year, they try to fix it. And to me, that's why this particular season stuck out like a sore thumb because I have never seen it. I I'm a guy who, since I was a kid, I obsess. I watch as many football games as I can. I'm fortunate enough to have three TVs in my basement. You bet your ass. All three TVs were on and my phone sometimes watching. I had red zone channel on one and two games on the others. What absorbing as much as I could. And this year I was like, it was every other game where I'm like, how the fuck, how does that like, that AJ Green one stuck with me for a really long time, clearly, because I keep referencing it. Do you remember that though? It was he just on the goal line in a game situation, you just jogged forward but kept your head forward and never ever looked for the ball. Ball ends up getting picked off, game over. Yeah. Like that's a, that's I, <laughs> a strange play. Like like he would have to be involved in that play, but it was a, it makes you think because that was a spread in a game changer. Right. It makes you think, but I I really believe that some of these plays have happened many a times over many of seasons, but that play in particular still to me is a strange it's a weird for a veteran. This ain't a first year guy. No, this is a guy who's used to yeah. Oh shit, I got one on one. The ball's coming my way. I don't even have to say anything. Ball's coming my way. That yeah. that's that's the type of big receiver that AJ Green is. Um and and like the Cassius Marsh one, that raised hell, and it should have, because now the, the the NFL backs them up, backs up the refs. Obviously, they always do by saying, "Oh well, he he penalized him for what he said to the guys on the bench. He he looked at the Steelers bench and screamed and flexed his muscles." Well, that happens forty times a fucking game. That was not what the penalty was for. You stuck out your hip, you hit him. And then you penalized him and you were like, oh shit, I can't penalize him for hitting a ref because uh, I'm the one who hit him. So then you come out and say, well, but look, he flexed and said something to the Steelers bench. And I'm like, really? Like, it's, I don't know. And the fact that I can come up with three or four of these off top. And I, I just remember sitting in my basement multiple times, like, man, what? Like it was late pass interference calls, roughing the passer calls that were not even close. And and I know that that's a whole nother subject with the roughing the passer these days. That's a whole nother subject of how they need to fix it. But they're not even close to consistent with how they call that. And in the fourth quarter of games, how many times did you see this year? A team's got fourth and five, fourth and seven, something like that. Incomplete. But the quarterback falls over and all of a sudden, boom, first down. All of a sudden they're first and goal or first down at the 30. They're in field goal range and they're, it's just weird. Like I said, sometimes it doesn't affect or didn't affect the direct outcome of the game. So yeah, maybe, maybe the bears still lose the game, but were the bears supposed to lose by five or by two? What, who, who bet more on what, what was the line at that type of stuff, moving lines, stuff like that. And to be honest, in my opinion, again, I don't think it would be incredibly hard for the national football league to move shit around in the fourth quarters to move lines. I, I really don't. 
I don't want to believe that that's true because it ruins it for sports. If you, if somehow we found out one day down the road that all oh, these sports were being fixed the whole time, it would ruin it. Obviously we don't want to believe that because when, sh- when mi- miraculous shit happens for our teams, we tell everyone, Oh fuck you. It's not rigged. Fuck that. We're just good. Blah, blah, blah. We made a play. So there's that aspect of it. But then if you're on the other side of that, <laughs> <laughs> like I remember yeah. the the Minneapolis miracle. I I saw Saints fans actually commenting, "Oh, that was fixed. Why the hell would a safety duck his head and take out his own player?" Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Well, he didn't want to get past interference. Was he supposed to hit the receiver? Give us first down?" Blah blah blah. And you know, I justified it. But if I was a Saints fan, are you fucking kidding me? You know, I would have. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just kind of yeah, that. There's been a million of those plays, and when you brought up that Minnesota play, that that that's one. I mean, that affected. The outcome of the game that affected the spread, but I mean, but that was part of the game. That wasn't. That was just skill and luck, and that's just the way it. Felt. Oh yeah, sometimes the ball referee, rolls your way. There wasn't a referee hip checking anybody. There wasn't a, a phantom route that was ran. Um, I oh mean, yeah, I can't think of, I can't was think a... of any any other ones this year off the top of my head that didn't stand out. But I mean, mm. you're gonna have plays like this. Face it, ESPN has a show. With Todd or uh, what Van Pelt, and it's called Bad Beats, and that's people that lose on games, oddball stuff that happens at the end of games, and they lose their wager. But the NFL is in bed with a $150 billion industry. That's how much money is gambled in the U.S. a year $150 billion. That's a lot of money. That's almost bigger than the NFL, if, if not, if it isn't. Well, right. Yeah. And the NFL is the biggest. Yeah, and they're by, they're by far the biggest sport in America. So, of course, like like I said too, like business wise, we all understand. If if I was running the NFL and I had to, my job was marketing or getting deals done with companies. Absolutely, I would have been shooting for DraftKings and all them other guys, Caesar Sportsbook, all that shit. Obviously, but it just raises a lot of red flags. And to be honest, this year, knowing that, it kind of changed the way I watch games. Um, next we're going to talk is Aaron Rodgers contract justifiable for green Bay, not justifiable overall, but for green Bay and Russell Westbrook or Russell Wilson. Is he a good fit in Denver? Adam and I will discuss next. Welcome back to the fandom podcast. I'm on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, however you listen. Thanks for listening. Joined here by fan of the show, Adam. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. It's at fandom underscore pod. Snapchat is at fandummies, F-A-N-D-U-M-M-I-E-S. For polls, rants, giveaways, and more, we are going to be doing another bracket challenge, March Madness around the corner. You guys know it's my favorite season. $10 a bracket. Maximum of three. It'll be through the ESPN app. DM me on Instagram or Snapchat if you want in. It's however much money we get for it goes to the winner. Winner take all. Uh, Adam, thanks again for joining me today. What was your initial reaction to hearing Rogers is not only re-signing, but when the numbers were released, what was the immediate reaction from a diehard Green Bay fan, Adam? Not an X's and O's, Adam, because I know you know sports. What was you being a fan? What was your first reaction? I was a 50 50 guy just on him coming back. Um, and a lot of people, 
say we need Rodgers to come back. A lot of people say we need to get rid of Rodgers and trade. I was going to be happy either way. Either we're moving forward without this clown or we're going to move forward with this clown. And I call him a clown because the last couple of years of his career and the way he's held his uh, team accountable for things, he kind of acts like a clown. He treats his receivers that aren't very very uh, new to the league. He treats them kind of rude and expects them to run perfect routes. And the other side of this, and I don't mean to get off on a tangent, I'll get back around here, is nobody held Aaron Rodgers accountable for the loss, the last loss against the 49ers, the media, everybody else. So I'll go back. What was my reaction? Yes, Aaron Rodgers, happy to have him back. Mad because now he's holding the Packers salary um, salary cap at, at bay. You know, I mean, he's going to account for 25, 30 million of that salary cap. So it's going to be Super Bowl or bust in the next couple of years. And then after that, after he rides off into the sunset, and if he doesn't stick that career out, a uh, four year contract out, we are, we are going to be hurting. We're going to be paying for something that's not going to be there. And give us a damn Super Bowl guy. Get in the huddle, call the plays, don't sit and bitch, just get, deliver us the Super Bowl that the Packer fans want for the last three, four years. And and I'm a Vikings fan, obviously. You, if you're listening to the show, you fucking know that. But the the fact that the Packers only have one Super Bowl with Rodgers is just a complete joke and a testament to who he is as a. So here's what I think: Brady, wherever he goes, everyone says something similar about him. He may not be the funnest guy to like hang out with and go get a beer with. But the guy's a winner. Like, that's the number one word that teammates associate with him. They're like, he's just so smart. He He's never joking around. When he's on that field, he's leading. He's working his ass off. He's trying to be on the same page as everyone, making sure everything's clicking. And then you can find guys like Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, uh, not James Jones, but another guy. Anyway, uh, a tight end from back in the day, uh, Bubba Franks, was it? All these guys, you can find these articles still on Google where they've said, he's a fucking asshole. You try to sit by him for lunch and he'll move or he'll tell you like, hey, I'm sitting alone. He's not a teammate guy. He's been in how many relationships over the last few years? So he must not be a great boyfriend that or he sucks in bed. He doesn't talk to his own family. To me, it's a lot bigger than just the football player because if it was just the football player, Aaron Rodgers, and there was no other factors, like if, if, if you tell me, hey, Pick a quarterback, go win a Super Bowl. Just based off skill, who do you want? Hands fucking down, it's Aaron Rodgers over the last 10 years. Go win me games. He doesn't have the characteristics of a leader and a winner, in my personal opinion. And to what you said, he he raises hell. He embarrasses the front office for two years. Then he chokes and was bad in the last two games of the last two seasons at home in the second half. So do all the drama and complaining then come back? Like the Packers front office, what I mean by that, that question sounded kind of weird, but the Packers front office, like this guy calls you out. He embarrasses you. He says whatever he wants on the record, whether, whether it was conferences or on the Pat McAfee show, he's saying whatever he wants. And then not backing it up with his own play. I listed off uh, after that loss, the divisional the divisional round madness. I believe I titled that episode. If you listen to it, 
I went into detail because I was so frustrated that once again, Aaron Rodgers is escaping all blame that I went and I read every second half possession for Green Bay. There were multiple incompletions, multiple balls thrown away. There wasn't drops. There wasn't missed or like running a bad route. No, it was incomplete, throwing in a double coverage. Well, you remember the last drive alone, he should have two interceptions. He throws that weak-ass little out route to Randall Cobb that the that Randall Cobb had to play defense on. It hit the 49ers corner right in the gut. And then on third and, what, 7 or 11, you whip a bomb to Devontae, who's double-teamed with the safety over the top that was not letting anyone behind him. To me, he only trusts Devontae Adams and Mason Crosby on the whole team. He'll only throw to them because Alan Lazard was wide open on that. They were talking about some numbers the other day. Devontae Adams had 169 targets. The next nearest was Aaron Jones at like 59 maybe. Like, you're, you, I, so you're going to pay him all this money. He embarrasses your front office. He has a bad attitude. His past teammates have said, this is not a nice guy. Is he talented? Fuck yes, we all know that. But the the Green Bay's front office, I'm like, what do you want? Do you want early playoff exits, regular season awards? Is that is that really what you want, or do you want the Super Bowls? Because you just bent over backwards for him again. Two years after he choked, or well, the last two years he choked, he did nothing in the fourth quarter with the lead or a tie game or trailing, did nothing. Your Drew to me, he's Drew Brees 2.0 at age 38, and I don't think it's worth it. I don't care about MVPs because across all major sports, I think that that award is becoming a meaningless joke. The NBA has been for years. Rodgers was the league's most valuable player, but he had the league's best defense, best pass defense at least. They allowed just 3.3 yards of carry. They have the self-proclaimed by your fan base the best receiver in the game. You could make an argument he is top three regardless. You have the 10th best offense in the league with Randall Cobb being back in the slot, who you wanted. You told the Packers to go get him. Devontae Adams, like I said, Aaron Jones, who's probably a top 10 running back when healthy. You had a solid offensive line play despite injuries to Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari. I am saying all this because, Adam, every year they lose in every single year, it's everyone else's fault. It's never his fault. Even this year, while special teams, we didn't, our special teams didn't do it. Your defense didn't allow a single fucking touchdown in a home game with the so-called MVP at quarterback. There's just no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh let's face it. The quarterback position is the most important position in the NFL. In all of sports. All right. With that being said, we have elite quarterbacks. We know this. There's four or five every year from the NFL for the last 30, 40 years. Those elite quarterbacks get away with going on the, into the media, getting the big money. They can say whatever they want. And when it comes down to it, they don't accept when they have a bad game. And Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. He cannot accept. He cannot stand up with the mic and say it was my fault. I didn't see the open receiver 14 times against the 49ers. I didn't do a check down 14 times. I could have checked down and fallen the wide open receiver and gave those Packer fans what they wanted. But no, he came in there and 
pitter patters around and he acts like he's zen too he thinks he's a zen guy he has goofy sayings when he goes on to the pat mcafee show it's like just be real dude like you were 12 years ago we've had two quarterbacks in 30 years and no other club will ever be able to say that prior or in the future brett Favre and aaron Rodgers, and we have two super bowls only we've got a ton of mvps and that MVP award, you might as well put that on a roll of toilet paper and wipe your ass with it because it doesn't mean anything, that MVP anymore. Because there's guys that could have had the MVP this year um, way before Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I point agree. Is, is, point is, is, you know, they just get away with – he just gets away with whatever he wants to do and say. And I, I think the, the front office should have held him accountable. They, But everybody in the media in the front office won't say it because – do you want to start over? Do you want to trade Rodgers? And then all of a sudden now you're the Chicago Bears and you got 25 quarterbacks in 10 years. So the trade-off is we'll stick with Rodgers. We'll let him do what he wants. He's got to deliver us that winning season to get us to the playoffs. And then let's just win the big game. Come on, let's just win the big game, Aaron Rodgers. Now, me as a as a fan, like the fact that Rodgers is back, but also if he would have moved on, I would have been good with a couple first-round picks. And let's just... Let's just clean this up and go back to team sports, team sports, not an individual guy. But the quarterback is the most important position in the NFL, and that's why that's why these guys get away with that stuff, and that's why these guys are the, the leaders and the guys on ESPN. They sit and talk. Quarterbacks are the guys that talk. They don't talk to the, the defensive end. They don't talk to the cornerback unless they had a touchdown or a big play. Yep. So. Yep. Well, so just real quick, to backtrack on the last – 13 years. Okay. You won the Super Bowl in 2011. Now, if you ever watch Colin Cowherd, he is super skeptical of Aaron Rodgers' one Super Bowl run because you had to beat, uh, I, I can't even remember his last name. Some Caleb dude from the Bears came in the second half playing quarterback. Wasn't good. You had to be another backup quarterback in the round before that. And. You 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 did beat the Steelers like that. That's no, I can't take that away. That's a great win. The Steelers, we all know what the Steelers were. They won the Super Bowl the year before that, or after after whatever. Um. So every year after that, it became let's make excuses for everyone but the quarterback. So for how many years it was? So one thing that I find interesting is goat debates. Right, everyone does it. Oh Brady Rogers. Well, I talk to Packer fans and they say. Well, Brady has a top defense all the time. Well, they'll be a top seven or eight. And if I'm being honest, usually the Packers aren't terrible. They, I know they had a couple years in the, the mid-teens there in the 2000s that they, they couldn't tackle anyone, but the, their defenses are never, like, terrible. They always have some studs up front. You So you don't have McCarthy to blame anymore. Your defense was amazing this year. They were good last year. They're going to be good again next year. How how can they justify this contract is my main question. Like, you just agreed to pay him four years at age 38, uh, 200 mil. Yeah. I, I don't get – how do you – you justify that if he gets to the Super Bowl this last season and loses. Not losing another home game in which the most annoying thing every playoffs that I hear – that cold weather in Green Bay is going to be such an advantage since fucking when? They're like, they're like, what did they say this year? They're four and four and fourteen or something in games below 
20 degrees at Lambeau. Like it was some absurd thing since 1980s, whatever, where their record was terrible in those situations. But every year I hear, oh, such an advantage. And Aaron Rodgers always backs that up. You know, yeah, they're going to come to our frozen tundra and our fans, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, again, I just, I can't justify the fact that this organization just bowed down to a man who is responsible for their failure. Yeah, uh, fifty million. That's a. I mean, let's just think about that for a second. Fifty million dollars a year. I'm not sure how the contract is actually structured. You know, if it, if is it is it going to be twenty five this year and seventy five next year and seventy five the next year or however. But that's a lot. Of, you're holding your team hostage. We have so many guys that we need to either we're twenty twenty seven million or I shouldn't say we the Packers are twenty seven million over the cap right now. They were fifty eight so, million over last year. And yeah. so they're already talking about getting rid of Zadaria Smith. I've seen that one heat up. Do they not have to extend Jair Alexander too? Yes, they do. Yeah. And I, then they got to work out Devontae Adams contract. I mean, you, you got to eventually work that out and not have him locked in as a, um, a held player. So that's another one. So guys are going to, this team's going to get abruptly changed. Because Rodgers didn't go back to the table and say, I'll play for this, and I want to win a Super Bowl. He took, And the Packers were the one that gave him the contract. It was almost like there was no negotiating. Like, we got to have Rodgers. Here's the freaking keys to the limousine, and here's the checkbook, and then you figure it out. Well, that's what you I know? mean. That's what I mean. You bent over backwards, and it's like, did you fucking watch the second half of the last two seasons? Like, did you – are we forgetting this? Is Like, I, I just – I don't get it. Like I said, if you went to the Super Bowl last year and you guys came up three points short or something like that, or hell, if you won it, then obviously, okay, hey, look what he just did for us. We were this close, or hey, we just won a Super Bowl. That's obvious. That's any franchise. You have to get that guy back. This isn't obvious to me. He's 38 fucking years old. I don't care about how everyone keeps telling me, well, bro, it's different now. You know, these quarterbacks are all getting old and they're playing. It's like, look at Peyton Manning and look at, Drew Brees and look at Big Ben in their last years. Do, does that look good to you? Brady is the only example, the only one of this guy's really old, still playing at an elite level. Brett Favre, his last year with the Vikings, terrible. Like, we have one example of it, and people are dismissing this contract because, oh, well, players are older now. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, yes, the fuck it does. You you can't just say that because Brady is an exception to all sports and all man. Like, LeBron, I guess you could say, too, because he doesn't appear to have fallen off that much. Anyway, we're going to move on. That was great, but there's another good quarterback story. I could shit on Rodgers all day, <laughs> in my opinion. He's a great quarterback. We'll see what happens in the future. Like you said, they're tied up in money. We'll see what that roster looks like next season. Now, Russell Wilson moves to the Denver Broncos, and Seattle got a haul back. They got Noah Fant, who's a very good tight end. He just needs a quarterback to throw. I'm sure he was really excited till he saw he was part of the deal. They get Noah Fant. They get two first-rounders. You get Drew Locke so that you at least have someone with playing experience, someone who can step in there. D-tackle, young D-tackle, Shelby Harris, and a late-round pick for Russ and a fourth was the trade. When you look at peak Russell Wilson, he had the Legion of Boom and a really good run game with Marshawn Lynch. And if I'm being honest, I see the same thing in Denver. Number three defense last year, according to Pro Football Focus, 
and they're very young. They they don't allow you to pass on them. Now, last year it was weird because they allowed like third most big run plays. But if it wasn't a 20 or 40 yard scamper, you weren't getting shit. It was a very weird statistic when I started kind of diving into just how good their defense was. And I and I think that you look at guys like Patrick Sertain from Alabama, he could be their Richard Sherman. Bradley Chubb is going to be insane on the edge. I'm just comparing it to like the Legion of Boom. He's going to be insane on the edge. You got Justin Simmons is one of the best safeties in the league. He's going to be like, uh, you could use him as a, any one of those like hybrid type safeties like Cam Chancellor or Earl Thomas. Like you could use him in any one of those. And then you got on the, on the offensive side of the ball, Melvin Gordon's still effective. And last year's rookie stud was Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Shout out Tar Heel Nation. He was a bear of a running back and he's fast. I believe he was first, no, second in the league, which is crazy that Derrick Henry still beat him. Uh, for yards after first contact, the guy's very hard to tackle. So another Marshawn Lynch style running back. And then here's the thing that I don't think Seattle had. I don't think they had this good of wide receivers. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, uh, Tim Patrick, Travis Fulgham. There, there's that's five receivers that I could argue would be in the top three on 29 out of 32 NFL rosters. You do got to get a little bit better at the offensive line. If you're Denver, you got to get a little bit better and deeper at linebacker. And you can do that through free agency. Despite losing some draft picks, obviously with this trade, they could do it in the draft too. You get a middle round linebacker that fits your scheme, stuff like that. And offensive linemen are so random. You could find an absolute gem in the middle of the draft. So I think it's a perfect fit, if I'm being honest. It reminds me a lot of the Denver team that carried Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning wasn't that great anymore. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I think I think I agree. Denver Denver went out and and, and Denver's been trying to get out and get one of their the, the top quarterbacks in the leagues for a couple of years to move forward. I think it's a great trade for Russell Russell Wilson. And as Packer fans, we were actually thinking if they were to move Rodgers that Russell Wilson would have been a great fit in Green Bay. Just throw that out there. We've talked about it a few times now. Obviously, that's not happening. But great fit for Russell Wilson. New start, fresh start. He's got he's got a good five years left. He might not be able to be that that mobile like he used to be, but he still is. Um, mm-hmm. For Seattle, I think they were just it was just time for them to move on. Um, their experiment with with Marshawn and and Russell Wilson at at those positions kind of you know with with Marshawn leaving the team and um and Russell Wilson they just Seattle needed the change and it was a good trade for both I think both teams came out looking for what they wanted and then the drafts will help them Denver's got to get some linemen they weren't able to run the ball like they wanted to and they want to be a defense running team and you throw Russell Wilson in there and he can get the first downs and run for a few first downs they might be the team next year to beat yeah, oh, absolutely. That's the thing is this could flip the script. First off, that division, holy shit. Derek Carr is probably somewhere between 12 and 16 in quarterback power rankings, and he is by far the worst in that division. It's crazy. And Russell Wilson's the the back to what you said about the O-line and what I said earlier is they have to improve that O-line because if you give him time and you let them speedy receivers go, 
there is very few, if any, quarterbacks that throw a better deep ball than Russ. And I saw these memes come out that were hilarious about Russell Wilson throwing deep balls in Denver. And because he throws such high arching passes when he throws deep balls, they were showing it like floating out of the stadium because the air is thinner, blah, 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 all that good stuff. But that dude could still throw some 60-yard bombs and stuff. I just think that the the reason that the offense line concerns me is, yes, Russell Wilson can run. You don't want him to have to run all the time. The last couple of years, he's he's missed a few games with minor injuries. I know last year it was his thumb, so it's not really relative, but it's because he's getting hit a lot and he's running for his life a lot. And I think, sadly, that's the one thing I think that might not change in Denver because I watched some Denver games last year. Hell, I saw him in person Thursday night at Cleveland. Now, granted, Cleveland does have Miles Garrett and whatnot, but their quarterbacks had no time to play or pass. Sorry. They, they were, it was even from shotgun two seconds max. And it's like, Oh, get rid of it. Get rid of it. You don't have time for anything deep. So I do think that they have to drastically improve that offensive line and very fast because Russell Wilson is 33 years old. He, he's not, you know, you're not getting a 28 year old in this prime. So you don't have a ton of time. I think they have to be, super aggressive in free agency. They have to get the O-line rolling in the right direction and then just draft your defensive players or wherever you think you need more help at. Do that in the draft, but you have to get some guys in their free agency. And and yeah, like you said, that if they do that, this is an elite team right off the bat. All they needed was a quarterback and boom, they're automatic contenders. Yeah, and the division, you're right, the division is tough as hell. They had Denver had to get better. Getting Russell Wilson makes them better and be able to – I mean, you got Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and then Oakland's – all, all those teams in that division are are vying for the AFC Championship in my mind next year. Um, you know, you don't want to leave out Buffalo and uh, a couple other teams, but Denver had to go out and get Russell Wilson if they want to compete. Otherwise, they would have been in the, in the bottom of the barrel in that, and then you're looking – Looking at possibly not making the playoffs. When's the last time? Uh, last time four teams have made it out of a division. I don't know if it's ever happened, but yeah, very well. You know, you it was pretty close last year. Line, and uh, you got to go forward from there. But yeah, yeah, it'll be fun to watch. And Russell's an old Wisconsin Badger, so we always root for him. And it's just too bad that uh, if we were to trade Rodgers, we could end up with Russell Wilson, maybe, and that would have been really exciting. But uh, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. So we root for Russell Wilson. He's a good guy, and. Uh, see what happens yeah yep and and i'm i'm pretty excited just to watch that division so it's so funny so i saw this thing it was like because the vikings everyone's kind of anticipating that they're going to trade kirk and then it was this thing uh where rogers wasn't going to resign so it was a bit ago and it showed that the afc west quarterbacks and then it was like jordan love uh justin fields jared goff and Kellen Mond, and it was just like, there's levels to this shit type of post, and it was just hilarious. <laughs> I'm just like, holy shit, that does look really bad, and we're really close to that. So, but yeah. So, with Russell Wilson going, do you do you know? Like, or, well, obviously we don't know, but who do you think's the next big name to move quick before we move on? Uh, in the NFL. Uh, player to be moved yeah like a quarterback you think there's a quarterback on the move i know there's been some rumors about christian mccaffrey and saquon barkley i don't so much worry about running backs anymore because they're so replaceable but 
these rumors are kind of heating up with Kirk. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's still out there. Is there any other guys? I mean, uh, Jameis Winston, say what you will. The Saints were five and one when he was their starter, and he is a free agent. So who who do you think? Uh, maybe Jimmy G. I saw some rumors about Colts. Who do you think's next, and what do you think will happen? Yeah, that's another thing we didn't bring up was Carson Wentz gets traded. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we kind of forget about that one. He goes, he goes to the Redskins, or we can't say Redskins anymore, but he goes to Washington. Um, but yeah, I, I think most of the teams now, if you have a quarterback, you're you're kind of sitting on him. But maybe, but a lot of it now is money. It's cap. How are we gonna fit? How are we gonna? How are we gonna fit this team together? based on money this is this is the money time in the nfl for teams when they're looking at all the numbers yeah you know, how they're going to balance the books and how we're going to get the, our new traffics what do we need to sign for free agents so i mean uh, you, you just never know with quarterbacks getting moved i i've heard jimmy garoppolo leaving and um you know i, I they're talking that jordan love is going to get moved and they're going to move on and end that saga with jordan love now that rogers is back so you know the packers will be going after some veteran for to back up rogers so there'll be a lot it'll be interesting in the next couple of weeks when they start trying to get under that deadline um for the for the cap so yeah for sure yeah and what a that might be the nfl's greatest waste of a first round pick i've ever seen that dude is <laughs> Tony Mandrich doesn't count. Who? Tony Mandrich. Who is that? <laughs> That's the pack who the Packers took years ago, and the second pick behind him was Barry Sanders. No you way. Probably, you probably weren't even born then, but that was the biggest flop in the, the history of the Oh my picks. gosh, that's bad. That's bad. That's I, I number one overall too in the first round. And then Barry Sanders goes second. Oh man, Tony Mandrich, He didn't last with the. He didn't make. He didn't make it so much in the, uh, Green Bay and injuries and whatever. He ended up going to the Colts and actually having a decent uh, five, six, seven year career. But Packer fans were so killed yet or so distraught about him not doing crap for the Packers. They somebody killed his two Doberman Doberman pinchers in Green Bay. No so way! <laughs> yeah, Holy cow! I don't know the whole story. I mean, it was years ago, but uh, right, right. Well, either yeah, way, I mean, yeah, over, fans, fans are, dead. yep, so. fans are always over the top. You just saw that stuff with even Russell Westbrook uh, in the NBA taking heat, and then he uh, he's always taking heat, and he and he handles himself well. But he started getting his wife started getting death threats, and his kid got threats at school and shit. And then he steps up. So yeah, fans always take it to that next level. But yeah. for all my Wisconsin loving listeners back home. We got some college hoops talk next. Johnny Davis is an absolute stud. And the thing I like the most about this guy is just the way he plays. Now, obviously I've known, I've been fortunate enough to know him since he was a little guy, but he is just so aggressive. Like do not piss that dude off type of aggressive where he gets that look in your eye or you'll see it in games on TV where someone will nudge him or say something and you see him look at him and all of a sudden it's game over, but he takes everything to the next level. He it's maximum effort. Every play. He wants the big moments. He takes the big shots. He often makes the big shots. He wants to guard the opposition's best player. He invites every challenge that comes his way and he overcomes them in, in every impressive way you can think of. He's projected top 10 pick in this year's draft. 
He went to my alma mater and played for years with my younger brother. So like I said, I'm very lucky to like know him kind of on a personal level. And I don't want to forget about his younger brother or younger brother, his twin brother, Jordan. The number one thing that impresses me, like since they were young, is just the way they carry themselves as well. And on and off the court, they're not loud, obnoxious, cocky, ter- like, no, they're mild mannered, good young men. And Jordan also, he's been stepping it up off the bench in recent games. Adam, what do you see from Johnny alone before we get into the Badgers as a team? What impresses you most about Johnny Davis as he watched him grow from a youngster in AAU to the man, to the man on a national stage? Uh, you know, I got to I got to be around Johnny just like he's a, uh, he just because he's from the area. Central grad. Uh, I was a basketball official for many years. Got to officiate some of his games um, and, and watch uh, Johnny and Jordan grow up. Dad was an ex NBA player. Played for the played for Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, played for our hometown across Catbirds and Bobcats as the name changed. But Dad's Dad is a really good character guy uh he does a lot of stuff for the youth in our area and that's a direct reflection of how his kids are johnny and jordan on the court they don't get frazzled they don't they don't have to throw their three fingers in the air up when they shoot a three-pointer now they get jazzed up when when things go good for them but their demeanor is the biggest thing i see and the way they handle themselves on the court they're not um they're not a me 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 type guy they're teeth they're excellent team players and oh, it's just been sure. exciting to watch we've had a hotbed of basketball in the Cooley region where where caleb and myself are from um and we've had many players come out of here matt thomas is with the chicago bulls um you know we've had a time I mean, your brother's playing college basketball who played with uh johnny and jordan and um and now and now your alma mater is in a uh sectional semifinal game against on alaska which matt that's where matt thomas went so i mean we've had a hotbed of basketball here um johnny and jordan are certainly um ahead of that the, the people that come out of this area so it's very exciting and uh, i root for them I, I root for those guys and i'm i'm a big badger fan so but i root for them more because they're from our area absolutely very well said now the badgers as a team are super interesting to me we know without Johnny on the court, they are a much different team, as are most teams without their star players, right? But I feel confident in saying, without Johnny, I don't think they're going to do that much in the tournament. I respect the 32-year-old Brad Davidson in his 14th season, but he cannot carry them for for an entire tournament. He, he can get you a game, but when you need guys like Crowell and Hepburn and Tyler Wall to create shots for themselves, it goes to hell for that team real quick. We just saw it with Nebraska. The guys that I just mentioned before benefit so greatly off the play of Johnny that it worries me if, if he gets into foul trouble or like this Nebraska game. I know you wanted to bring up the injury real quick. Uh, the Nebraska game, he gets injured. And you, you just saw what they look like without him, and it's just not good when Tyler Wall is trying to go one-on-one on the baseline, trying to back everyone down and – it, sure, it'll work for a possession or two, but they're going to adjust, and then what? So two things. What can the Badgers do as a team to avoid being upset in the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament? And what did you make of that foul from the Nebraska game? Okay, the Badgers, uh, to, to, to not be that team that get bounced in the first round or the second round, they need their defense has to be cleaned up a little better, and that's what I see. Um, 
they might have to share the ball a little more. Uh, yes, the 37-year-old Brad Davidson comes down and he takes shots that we sh- he shouldn't be taking at times. Um, he's kind of like the Brett Favre when Favre would roll out and throw the interception. And he'd be like, <laughs> damn, and there are the Brett Favre would throw the touchdown. You just don't know what's going to happen anytime with Brad Davidson. Is he going to fire up a shot? Is he not going to fire up a shot? But they miss Johnny's ability to ha- hand him the ball with two minutes to go in a tight game and go get us a bucket. Yep. If they don't have that, the Badgers are going to struggle. Uh, there's just too many good good teams this year in the tournament, that, which is going to be the tournament. We already know how it's kind of shaping up with how they do their brackets now. It used to be a secret. Now we have brackets out every week. But um, there's a lot of good teams. And the Big Ten's loaded. Um, I don't know how they'll do in the Big Ten tournament. It, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if Johnny's playing the first game or not. I haven't heard uh, if he was coming back right away. or, But, uh, but yeah, on to the Nebraska thing. And this is what you worry about with your elite players and your star players. Late in the game, teams like Nebraska, and I, I'm going to throw Michigan in there a little bit. They play this type of basketball, this thug, thuggish basketball, and Nebraska player was looking to hurt John. He never made a single play on the ball, and he clumped him right in the face. Now, yep. is it a hard fall? Foul, yes. Did Johnny get hurt before he went to the basket? Probably hurt his knee before he, as he was coming in for the layup. But the foul, getting a flagrant two and getting kicked out of the game, in my mind, that foul was more than just that. Um, now, Nebraska uh, has never been known for, for taking players out. Well, let's go to the Michigan thing. You're trying to press. You're trying to press a team that's already got you beat, and then you complain about them. Uh, Greg Gard calling a timeout. If you're pressing a team, you're looking at probably hurting another player, or you're making a player player do things that they don't want to do. I'm not saying specifically hurt, but that press did not need to happen. And I'm not a big fan of Jawan Howard the way he handled it, the way he definitely handled it at the end of the game. I'm so glad he got beat today. I'm so glad that he probably won't be at Michigan next year, and he probably will never get a job. He might be coaching at Western Technical College next year, but. That guy is a bum, and I flat out think he's a bum. And he said Greg Dard grabbed him, and we can go on and on about that. Everybody has their opinions on how that all shook out. But um, I'm so glad Michigan got beat today. 17-point lead with 12 minutes to go, and they end up losing to Indiana. So yeah, thanks, well, thanks for your time in Michigan, Juwan Howard. Uh, it's nice knowing you. You can take hardball with you. See ya. Yep, yep, I agree. And I, I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's a good recruiter, but – when you watch Michigan, you see talent all over, and they are so misused. It's not even – it's a joke what how they play basketball with all that talent. But Jawan Howard has a history of this too. Last season, he got into a big altercation. I cannot remember if it was with a ref, was it not? Did he not – and I yes. can't remember if he got suspended. Yeah, he he's a hothead. So real quick for anyone who doesn't know, the, the situation we're referencing, I'm sure you know by now, it was all over SportsCenter. The Badgers were up by, how much were they up by? It was, the game was over. 14 points, pretty much the game was over. Juwan Howard just said he wasn't pressing, but he had his guys guarding man-to-man full court. And I'm not sure if he knows what full court press means, but that means you're in a full court press. In the press conference, he said he wasn't pressing. Greg Gard took a timeout <laughs> because we were struggling the backup players, which we rely on, if guys like Johnny Davis or Davidson go out, we're talking number 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Those players are on the floor struggling to get the ball 
to break the press. Yep. Red guard calls a timeout, and then all his history. It was seven seconds. Howard didn't like that, didn't want to shake his hand. And the only reason he didn't want to do that is because he got beat by Wisconsin, and he's a poor loser. That's the only reason. Well, Two right. games before that, Jerron Howard, they were playing, I believe it was Indiana, and a ball got poked away, and he was out on the court and grabbed the ball. Yeah. And so the, they, they had to give him a technical. What are you doing? What are you doing on the court? And why would you grab the ball? Yeah. So he, this he, guy has, he oh has my God. no idea what he's doing. No. And if he if, if he should have punched anybody for calling a timeout, he should have punched Chris Weber. That was the national championship game when Chris Weber called the timeout and Michigan was out of it. Out of timeouts. Yep. So that's Feb the guy five. Feb five. Yeah. No, I, I agree. He's shown he's shown you too many times. And his theatrics on the sideline, it's like, dude, you're representing Michigan is a popular brand. They produce the greatest winner of all time in Tom Brady. Everyone loves watching Michigan games at Michigan because of that stadium. It builds up. like And not to mention, how many times did they go to the at least the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 under, um, is it John Bayline, is that how you pronounce it? Yep, yep. I just didn't know how to pronounce it, but like he built that program up to the standard of we expect Michigan to be good, to play good basketball, and to just like represent themselves in a professional manner. Since Juwan Howard has taken over, all that shit has gone out the window. I don't see him being the coach next year either. And if they are, they're a sucker because that dude is not the answer for them. And he shouldn't be the answer for any major colleges until he can mature. Because to me, that's what it is. He's just a big, immature clown. Uh, so, yeah. So, Adam, I know you got to get going to that game. It was great to talk. We could talk NFL for days. I'd love to do it again sometime. It was such a good content-producing show today. I really enjoyed it. March Madness, I'd love to recap it with you if we – uh did it, you know, did it again in a couple of weeks, kind of look at the bracket, stuff like that. Good luck to you and your team. I seriously appreciate you again taking time to yep. join me and rock this one out. Yeah, I give a shout out to the BK, Brennan Kennedy, playing for West Salem Knights, section quarterfinal. That's my son. Uh, good luck to the Panthers. And hey, even good luck to Central and Alaska. They play each other. Winner goes to the sectional final. And them two have been battling out for years for anybody from the area that know these teams. And uh, we still have Bangor still alive and Alaska Luther. So the hotbed of boots still continues. March Madness, everybody get fired up. But the NFL is heating up too with uh, with the draft coming and all that. So I appreciate you having me on. It was a good time. And uh, We'll keep on rocking. All right. Thanks again, Adam. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Fan dummies, thanks for tuning in. As always, make sure to keep up on social media for that bracket challenge. Peace. Everybody love everybody.